Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Welcome to another edition of the Growing in Grace podcast at growingingrace.org. All of our past podcasts uh, can be found there. Also, contact information, social media information, all of that stuff, growingingrace.org. I'm Joel Brzezinski, along with Mike Kapler, talking about the, the last few weeks, talking about the issue of forgiveness. When was forgiveness provided? When were people forgiven? When were unbelievers forgiven? When were believers forgiven? We've talked about a lot of stuff. And then also, of course, going along with forgiveness, we needed life, we needed salvation, we needed righteousness, we needed to be justified. When did all that happen? Was it when we believed as far as forgiveness goes, or or was that forgiveness provided many, 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 many years ago? Cap, you, you mentioned last week, real quickly before I toss it over to you, you mentioned that we believe that all of our sins, past, present, and future, the forgiveness for all of our sins has already happened. The sins that I committed in the past, the sins that I commit now, the sins that I will commit in the future, I'm not going to receive any more forgiveness because it's I'm already forgiven of all those sins. And the question comes up, well, how can that be? I haven't even done those sins yet. Well, when did Jesus die for your sins? Did he die after you committed your sins? Uh, no, he died 2,000 years ago. Well, how many of your sins had you committed at that time, 2,000 years ago? None of them. So how can any of your sins be forgiven <laughs> if you hadn't even committed them yet? And so that's the point. The forgiveness for sin happened 2,000 years ago, and uh, we receive that now. Nowadays, we receive that gift, and so uh, we'll, we're going to summarize kind of what we've been talking about the last three weeks and see if we can maybe bring it to a conclusion or see where else we want to go with it. If, if, if the forgiveness of sins is not complete, it means we would need another offering, another sacrifice. God is no longer offering forgiveness. He's already done that. He did it through the body of Jesus Christ, the shed blood, the cross. It happened once. It happened once for the sins of the world. The Lamb of God taking away the sins of the world. God, who is in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting sins against us. He threw them as far as the east is from the west. He is the propitiation of our sins, not for ours only as believers, but for the entire world. The sin issue has been dealt with. That is not what will keep you separate from God. I'm not saying that everybody is saved. I'm not a universalist. I, I, I'm not any label. <laughs> for those who know me, I, I didn't grow up in a, de a denomination, and, and I have no interest in, in being labeled I don't even like the phrase New Covenant Theology, Joel, because that lumps me into some things that other people think that I might not think. You know, I, I just I'm just me. I'm just I'm just an individual like you trying to grow 
in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, getting to know him and the power of his resurrection and, and growing in this thing that we call grace. That's where I'm at. And I'm just trying to expand our thinking here and help us so that the math really does add up. Because with forgiveness, um, I'm, I'm looking in, in Hebrews 9 here, and this is kind of a modern translation. I don't use it much, but I, I like how they word it here in Hebrews 9. Christ did not enter into a holy place, the real heavenly, of uh, the holy of holies. He did not enter into this holy place where God abides. He did not do it with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth, who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin, to remove sin, to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. So, Jesus doesn't have to keep offering another sacrifice for forgiveness. He doesn't have to keep extending a renewed forgiveness when you and I as believers sin. He doesn't even have to extend a renewed forgiveness to unbelievers because the issue of sin has already been dealt with. They were born into sin. They are identified as a sinner. So how do we receive this forgiveness? How do we experience the, the new life? How do we experience the new heart? How do we become a new creation? I think the Bible is quite clear about it. It comes through belief, belief that what Jesus did was sufficient. And so I just wanted to try to get people thinking that forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean salvation. Joel, where do you want to go from here? I, th to me, this is a little bit of a summary program from the previous three weeks. Right. Yeah. I mean, because um, just going along with what you were just saying there, when when you can be forgiven, um, somebody can forgive you, and that's a good thing. But that doesn't mean that you know if God forgives you, that doesn't mean that you've automatically received life. We've talked about how the problem was that through Adam, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and then all died because all sinned, and so we inherited this sin issue from Adam born into sin and born dead, so to speak, dead to God, because there was nothing, and there's nothing that we could do about it. What we couldn't do, God did, and so he provided through the blood of Jesus Christ forgiveness for sins, reconciliation. He reconciled the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. But here's what I'm trying to say is, so what if your sins aren't counted against you if you haven't received life, if you haven't been made righteous. It's one thing to be forgiven, and that is a very big part of what Jesus did for us. It's great. He took our sins away. That's a wonderful thing, but you can have your sins taken away and still be dead. You can still be dead, and so what we needed also, differentiating between what forgiveness is, we also needed to be made righteous. We needed to be saved. We needed life, and so we receive that life by grace through faith. It's, it's wonderful that God provided this gift of forgiveness for the entire world. But when, when you believe on him, when you finally believe, come to a place when you believe upon the name of Jesus Christ, what you're saying is that, I, I, yes, I needed that forgiveness that was provided. 
And so I believe, and yes, I, I receive that forgiveness that was provided for me. And then what goes along with that through faith, then you are justified. You're made righteous and you are given new life, but it's different than the forgiveness that was provided. That's one thing that we're, we're trying to say throughout all this. And uh, I do hope that that's come, come across as we've been sharing about this. There's, there's a difference between being forgiven, which is a good thing, but that was the prerequisite for what else God was doing for us through the resurrection and life of Jesus Christ. Uh, kind of how I see it is that forgiveness came through the blood, the one sacrifice of Jesus. And then through his resurrection, when we believe upon him, we're, we join him in his life and in that righteousness uh, that comes only from God as a gift. Yes. And, and again, if God needed to extend another act of forgiveness, whether it's for one of your sins or for any person ever. Okay. We tried to hit on this last week. So because sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future, we as believers have come to the conclusion that, you know, first John one nine has been taken out of context. We'll get into that pretty soon. And that we no longer have to keep asking God to forgive us for every sin that we commit. Well, the same is true uh, regarding individuals who need to move from death into life. The forgiveness issue has already been dealt with. There's nothing in the New Testament that's, there's no phrase, there's no, there's no instruction that says, ask God for forgiveness. The Philippian jailer, you know, when the, the apostles had the doors open wide for them when they were imprisoned and, uh, you know, the jailer was going to kill himself. And, he, and they said, wait, don't do that. And, and he said, wait, well, what do I need to do to be saved? And Paul didn't say, ask God for forgiveness. Ask God to forgive your sins. He just said to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved. And if your household does that too, they'll be saved. See, that that's the difference here is the, the, the forgiveness issue. Because Jesus isn't coming back to offer another sacrifice, forgiveness has to have already been made complete. But if you've been born in Adam and you haven't moved, which was a place of death, and you were identified as a sinner, because you were born in Adam, not because you've done anything wrong, just because you were born in Adam. You needed to be born into Christ now and receive new life. And, and so that's the difference to me is that when you choose to believe, then you receive life. It results in righteousness. It brings salvation. And um, you reject that. You don't receive that. You refuse it. Then you'll die in your sins. You see, because we, we got the noun factor, Joel, born in Adam a sin condition. We've got sins that take place because of our actions, sinful actions, the verb. Uh, the noun actually shows up more in Scripture than the verb does in New Testament writings. And so that, that's, that's the, the core problem, is that people need to move from death into life. It isn't about, I need to be forgiven. Um, the blood of Jesus took care of that. And I don't want to sell that short. I just don't. Because if G, you know, notice how it said there in Hebrews when I read a few minutes ago, Jesus would have had to offer himself again and again if we still needed the forgiveness faucet turned on for our wrongful actions or even for an individual who was seeking new life. If he also needed to seek forgiveness, Jesus would have to have died or offered himself again and again, not just since the cross, but since the foundation of the world. And so, see, the, the issue has been dealt with God dealt with the sin issue. Now we simply trust and believe that the finished the finished 
the finished work of Jesus Christ is just that. We place our trust in that. Joel, I'll let you finish up here. That's right. That's what we place our trust in, in, in the finished work of Jesus Christ and emphasize that it is finished. It's not something that he's ever going to do again. He did it once, and it counted for, for all time. I mean, you think about those who died, th- those people who lived and died before the cross. Um, they didn't have yet the blood of Jesus, but it was kind of retroactive, and it goes into the future as well, all the sins of mankind. And, and uh, through a person believing God, you know, Abraham believed God long before the cross, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. So that's really how we receive it. Those before the cross, how are they saved? By faith. And uh, those after the cross, by faith. But it's all either looking ahead to the blood of Jesus Christ or you're looking back to the blood and, of course, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, so, you know, if we confess our sins, that's all we got to do. Well, God's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, right? <laughs> that's, that's what that's what First John 1, 9 says. But we... Uh, we realize, we understand that that verse, 1 John 1, 9, is very greatly taken out of context. There's a lot of other things that John says in the first part of that epistle, and I think we'll try to go there next week. Yes, we will, on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.